Now look, Hallie, you can ask for toys, parakeets, hair care products, I don't care, but you may not ask for anything to do with interpersonal relationships. Got it? This is Santa Claus, not Dear Abby. Welcome in to the Bro for Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. This is episode 218 of the Bro for Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us for the movie discussion tonight. Before we get started, let's meet my fellow bro. We go into the lab to the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Banner, our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli, is not on the pod tonight. So is there anything bad you'd like to say about him, knowing that he probably won't ever hear it? You know, I really actually doubt his, like, how good of a lawyer he actually is. Like, I feel like I always get screwed. Like, I think he actually sucks at his job. I'm just going to throw out a counterpoint there, because I know you like devil's advocate. Do you it think is my favorite just, game. Yeah. Do you think he just doesn't like us and likes seeing us lose in court? I'm not going to rule it out. Well, I like how you also used court terminology. <laughs> See what I did there? Lawyered, as he likes yeah. to say. Fuck him, bro. We're lo- We're basically lawyers. I can do this shit. That's basically all you need to do in court. Yeah. Say shit like that. We're good. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Here on the Bro4 Squad podcast, we start every episode off with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is chest day. However, tonight we're going to do something that we probably do like every fourth episode, which is skip our chest day. A little sore, you know? We we are a little sore. We got to have a recovery day. Yeah. And we're going to go right into our protein shake, which is the discussion of the things that we have watched lately, also known as what is in our cup. Partly because it's just Brian and I, so we can talk about these a little more in depth. And then partly because we have a few things that we shared that I think would make uh, for some really good conversation tonight. So, uh, Brian, I guess we'll start with you. What is in your cup, also known as, what have you watched lately? Uh, All right, so... Start off with this one, the 2023 remake of White Men Can't Jump. Uh, Not as good as the original. It's not. Uh, But was it entertaining? Yes. It it was all I could have asked it to be. Um, It had the same feel and kind of that same vibe of the first one. Um, Obviously, they've updated a little bit for the times. Uh, no one's, no one's going to be able to capture what Woody and uh, Wesley did in the first one, but uh, Sinqua Wells and uh, Jack Harlow as Kamal and Jeremy, uh, I thought they did a great job. Um, it got a I little shaky. Say- it got a little shaky in the emotional parts. Um, they were, they were getting a little, little exposed, but uh, you know, all so- in all, all in all, it kept my attention for like the hour and a half movie. I know Jack Harlow is a an artist, like a musician. Is Sinqua Walls as well? Because I've never heard of it. I think that's one thing that kind of steered me away from this project. I'd never heard of the two leads. Yeah, I hadn't either. It was just a kind of a spur of the moment watch. Uh, I think it was on Hulu. And it was like, hey, you might like. And I was like, ah, okay, I'll give it a shot. Knowing like, all right, I'm probably only going to watch like 30 minutes of this and then go to bed. And I ended up watching the entire thing. Um. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, I don't know if I'll be able to do it because the OG is so near and dear to my heart. And the trailer looked pretty rough for it. It's better than the trailer, I thought. Okay, that's good. I was also kind of wondering, no offense, but also a little bit of offense to Sinqua Walls and Jack Harlow. But if you're going to remake this IP, like, just fucking go for it, dude. Do you remember some of the ideas we had pitched 
as fan cast for this on the pod. Like I remember Geiger way back when talking about like Justin Timberlake and Michael B. Jordan in these roles, which would be badass. So yeah. this just feels like the we always joke about these, but like the really bagged serial version of White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Obviously, I think that if you had those bigger names like Michael B. Jordan and Justin Timberlake, it would be a much better movie. But I think you have to have more of a story there. Like this was just like, look, you need money. I need money. Let's go hustle. And that's that's what they did. That's Um, fair. I just thought this was an, an IP and maybe I'm just overestimating it because I really enjoyed it growing up. But I thought this was one that had enough name cachet that they would actually give it like the big time remake treatment. I'm surprised that it didn't get that. And this is, I mean, I think it's a Hulu original, actually. I think so, too, if what I remember from like when I saw the trailer way back when. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's not as good as the first one. Worth the poke? I I think so. Um, If I remember, it's not it's not a long watch. It's pretty easy. Um, And honestly, I mean, half the movie is just like watching like basketball highlights so i'm watching the trailer right now on the imdb page and dude sinqua walls can actually play some basketball dude they both i I mean i don't know if it's it was movie magic but they both look like they could play ball like sinqua walls handle like his dribbling in this is pretty fucking intense and jack harlow is making threes and the ball is in frame the entire time he shoots yeah like like there's no movie magic where like the ball leaves the camera frame and it's like okay they could drop it in from like above so there's one there's one scene and there's obviously cuts in between, um, but the two of them go up just straight up from the three point line, and it was swish after swish. Uh, one of them misses, and that's the whole point of it. But uh, it was like they were nine for ten. It was insane. Fuck it, I might watch this. <laughs> I might have convinced myself that it's yeah. worth it. It's it's worth it's worth one. Just go into it knowing. Look, it's like remember what it is before you like really get emotionally attached. Yeah, that's fair. All right, what you got? All right, uh, real quick plug. Um, Banner, Cycli, and I did uh, a movie commentary, which it's actually out on the channel now, on uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie, the twenty twenty three version of it. So go ahead, check that out because it's on Netflix. Watch that along with us. Had a lot of fun with that. I, I think it might be safe to say just because I don't know what else would be like in competition with it, but I think it might be my surprise movie of 2023, like the biggest. Most oh, 100% it was. 100% it was. I think we even talked about it on the commentary. I don't know. Go find out. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. A little tease. <laughs> Suck <off. laughs> Marketing. Um, all right. Another thing I watched recently released on video on demand was the movie ISS which is the acronym for the International Space Station. This came out very recently. I think it was like a January release, which uh, kind of concerning that it's already on VOD. But also, if you think about it, like in this landscape, stuff doesn't stay in theaters for too long because I actually think they make more money when it's on video on demand sometimes. Um, and the plot synopsis here, Brian, I told you about this a little bit off pod. It's uh, the International Space Station is shared by Russian and United States astronauts and physicists. And the plot of the movie is they're up there on the space station together. There's six total, three from each respective country. And while up on the International Space Station, nuclear war breaks out on Earth between the United States and Russia. Dude, this is like insane because it could actually be like real. 
Yeah. Which a lot of times are like the creepiest movie premises. Yeah. I'm very interested in this. Well, so what happens on board, and this isn't spoilers, this is all in the trailer in the first, you know, 15 minutes of the film. Um, the uh, United States astronauts receive a message from uh, ground control in Houston that set, that alerts them of what's happening on Earth. Russia has attacked the United States with a nuclear warhead. It is your mission to take control of the ISS by any means necessary. And we don't know if Russia has received a similar message. You can presume they have, but a lot of the rest of the movie is cloak and dagger. And like, there's actually like a mini Cold War happening on the space station because it's very, I wouldn't say passive aggressive because that would involve like being petty and catty, but it's very like pseudo aggressive the way the astronauts are acting towards each other for a little bit. And obviously paranoia is running rampant up there. Yeah. That's, uh, I will is it, um, are they all floating around the entire time? Like, what's the what's the gravity they are, situation? Which, which is yeah, which is pretty cool. They're, I think there's like some chambers, or sometimes they can turn the gravity on briefly, but for the most part, they're like kind of floating through. Okay, that's cool. I, I will say this: the the premise of this movie, like the idea of that as a film, is really interesting. Like, oh shit, what would each side do? Like, they're basically yeah. in close quarters, and they like both know what they have to do, and they probably don't want to do it. Um, but this movie really just does not take advantage of that cool plot conceit. And the end to me is kind of like a wet fart of an ending. And I'm one thing that I'm really disappointed in is the acting is actually kind of a joke. Like John Gallagher Jr. Who like is in a ton of stuff that you would see him in. He's in like 10 Cloverfield Lane underwater. Um, what else? He's in a lot of shit, but he is like typically gives a strong performance and in this I, I mean it's pretty rough and he's an important character in it as well um so i just found the acting kind of shitty and again they just don't do as much with this idea it's it almost feels like what i just said is all they had for a script because it really feels like they're stretching this thing to get it to an hour 35 Ugh, that's rough that's is it like tr trying to say it like trying to tell a message too much or is it just, or is it just like bad writing? You know, I actually kind of wish it was trying, trying to give some sort of message because maybe then it would have at least have a direction that it could attempt to go. And not that it like doesn't go anywhere, but when the movie ends, at least for me, I was like, that's what you did with that idea. Like that's such a cool fucking idea. This is what we got. Like I almost wish AI wrote it because they probably would have come up with something cooler. <laughs> but the the idea is is interesting I, like it's not a horrible movie by any stretch but for me i just thought that like oh they played it kind of safe with the way that things play out but maybe someone else maybe you'll see it if, if you do and be like oh that was actually kind of genius yeah it's only you said it's only an hour 35 yeah and that's with credit so it's probably like an hour 30 okay where'd, where'd you where'd you watch this one uh let's just say my local library so okay perfect perfect i uh, uh but rent, i will say it as well <laughs> It's oh, obviously no, early. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strategically acquired. It's yeah. early in 2024, and so like, there's really no competition for it. And after I watched it, I did not deem it worthy of a Brosker nom for best thriller for next year. So maybe like, I'm usually pretty liberal early in the year with those. You moments. are, yeah. You you kind of you kind of Oprah them to everything because they can get bumped off later. You know, no harm, no foul. Right now, true. But ISS, I didn't even think it was worth putting on there. All right. All right, back to you. What do you got? 
All right. Uh, next one. Talk about uh, watched Wonka. Um, liked it. Didn't love it. Uh, Timothy Cinnamon Toast and Crunch. Thought he was great. Um, totally. Wow. See, I hated thought, him in this role. Really? I, th- yeah, I, I liked him. I thought he was good. I totally can see how this Wonka becomes the Gene Wilder Wonka. Like I can, I totally see how they're the same character. I thought he, I thought he nailed it. See, I just felt like Chalamet was like being held at gunpoint when they asked him to be whimsical and naive. Yeah. And also Wonka, again, maybe I'm just projecting here. Wonka being illiterate to me, I was like, what kind of a fucking plot wrinkle is this? Yeah, okay, that one. What a oh, weird. That was that's like not on him, though. Weird, yeah, that's not that's not at him. That's, that is kind of a weird like thing to put it, because what is it, what did, what did that bring right. to the story? <laughs> Imagine the guy in the writer's room must have been some guy's nephew. Like, what if he can't read? Like, Devin, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I don't <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if he couldn't read? Not really. Can we put it in? Fine. We'll just have like one scene where you can't read. Whatever. Uh, yeah. It, uh, the music was catchy. It was a typical musical. This might be a dumb question. Is this a true prequel to the Gene Wilder one? Because obviously the Tim Burton one, which I know is is apples and oranges to this, but that was not meant to be a sequel or even in like the same world as the Gene Wilder one. It was just a reimagining. This to me feels like, and again, I'm not like the Wonka head that knows canon and lore, you know, like a t- like the back of my hand, but <laughs> this feels like the way it ends, it could line up fi- perfectly fine with the Gene Wilder one. I, to my understanding, it was a prequel to the Gene Wilder one. Now, you know what would be cool is uh, they could then go and make a sequel to the Gene Wilder one, but have, uh, what's his face, the dude from uh, The Bear, like his grandson Whoa, or whatever. Oh, nice, yeah. Play him in the sequel. Uh, I think it's like the glass ceiling or the, the glass elevator, maybe. Um which I've actually heard that book is fucking, even for the Willy Wonka bar that you have to clear, it's pretty weird. It, yeah, that one's that one's really weird. Now, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, the book was, was great. Yeah. I'll have to give this another shot at some point around Christmas. I like the movie. I just, Chalamet to me, he's very brooding and self-serious. I feel like as a performer, and so seeing him in this, I was like, dude, he is like really trying to force it or doing his best to pretend like, what would a human being having fun look like? Let me try and do that. Yeah, I can see that. I think also if you take into some of his comments about the movie where he like basically hated his life the entire time, it's very easy to Solomon said movie. that? I'm pretty sure he said that. I saw Hugh Grant shit on the movie a lot, which pissed me off. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's he's maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Let's well, see. yeah, because I know Hugh Grant. Which again, dude, give the money what, back then. Because yeah, I bet what you are you doing the, these days anyway? Right. I bet you wanted the whatever seven million dollar paycheck you got for two months of work. And also, dude, take yourself a little less self serious. Like you said, who the fuck are you? Like Notting Hill was 25 years ago, and even that wasn't that good. Uh, you're the Seventh best person in love, actually. Like, you're a good performer, but, like, roles like this, you should actually be pretty appreciative that you get. And I thought he was good in the role. He t- Once he showed up to me, the movie got, like, a nice little shot in the arm and, like, a, a jolt of energy that I liked. 
with the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um, all right. I watched Digimon the movie from the year 2000. I won't talk about this much. Uh, I was always a Pokemon guy over Digimon, but Digimon, I did watch the series as a kid, and this movie is actually pretty fucking good. Very short. It's like 80 minutes. The animation looks really, really good. The soundtrack, I don't know how, but they, like, there's like the Bare Naked Ladies are on it. There's a couple like really good like punk pop rock songs. Huh. I like. And, I remember watching it as a kid, but I literally couldn't tell you a second about it right now. So it really feels like two movies kind of like stitched together. Uh, but the first 50 minutes of it, it's actually like a really cool idea for the year 2000. And I don't remember like if we even knew what these were yet, but it's about this Digimon that's an internet virus. And like, so it's like going through people's phone lines, like deleting, like and corrupting their data. And so the Digidestin have to upload their Digimon onto the internet and try and track down like the source code of this. Digimon. Dude, I'm in. Yeah. And in the Dude, year 2000, that's awesome. Yeah, it's sick. Um, but spoiler alert, after 50 minutes, they like defeat the guy. It's There's some awesome battles. And then there's like this weird like four. It's almost like a Fantastic Four situation. It's like four years later and the the Digimon virus comes back as like a ghost and possesses this other kid's Digimon. So honestly, you can just stop at the 50 minute mark when they beat it. Because I feel like this was like two mini movies in Japan that they put together almost. Yeah. But the first 50 minutes is fucking sick. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I, it's like a sleeper movie that I just went back and rewatched. I was like, dude, I haven't seen that forever. I wonder if it's still any good. And it was. Digimon the movie. Also, <laughs> one quick thing. We used to talk about this all the time. You remember when everything that was released in the year 2000 was like the whatever it is 2000? Yep. Somehow Digimon the movie avoided doing that because even Pokemon had a Pokemon the movie 2000. Yeah, everything had a whatever 2000. Yeah. So tip of the cap to Digimon for resisting the urge to just throw the fucking year 2000 into the title because that is when it came out and I guarantee you some marketing executives like if we don't put 2000 in this it's going to we're all out of a fucking job. We're leaving money on the table. Yeah. What are you anti money cuz I'm not. All right, back to you. All right. Uh, next thing, uh, I watched that Gran Turismo movie. Um, really, really neat, captivating story. The graphics were fucking awesome. Um, have, have you seen it? I have not, but okay. I think I might have to give it a try because I everyone that I've heard talk about it, your opinion I respect the most of these people, but they've said it's actually surprisingly good. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's so basically. Uh, PlayStation or Nissan had a competition for the best Gran Turismo players in the that were on the simulators and sent them to this camp and said, hey, do you want to try and drive a real race car? And this one guy made it and he's actually the stunt double uh, in the movie for himself. Shit. Yeah, that's pretty meta when yeah, when he's uh, driving the cars. So just a crazy, crazy true story. Um and like when he's in the simulator, they put like graphics around him, like build the car. Now, now I play... Sorry, cut you off. I, I played, I think, Gran Turismo 3. It was like the last one on the OG PlayStation that I played. Um, do 
I need to be like a Gran Turismo head to like get this movie, or do they kind of no. either dumb it down for me? Okay, no. It so this ha- it's the only like connection is like that's how this kid became a race car driver. Like it's about the, it's a his story, and it, it basically he like was one of the top Gran Turismo drivers in the simulator and got invited to this academy that Nissan put on and like got trained by a coach and he knew the cars, he knew the feel and everything. And he just like ended up becoming a race car driver. Cause Gran Turismo, and this is, it's not going to sound like it, but this is a compliment to the game. The reason I actually stopped playing it was it's like too realistic. Yeah. Like you have to know like things about like coils in your car. And when I'm playing video games, I would rather just which ones drive, which ones break. Yeah, and and the That's only choice I want is what color my car is. Right, exactly. And how big of a spoiler I put on the back, because I'm sorry, I like fucking chicks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, I, I like David Harbour, I like Orlando Bloom, uh, um, although, you know, he hasn't really gotten out of the Pirates of the Caribbean shadow, but uh, I think I might have to give this a try, because uh, I've not heard a bad thing about it. Yeah, they were both super good. Yeah, uh, again, it was... Really easy to watch. It's on Netflix now, right? I know it's kind of jump. I think it was on Paramount earlier or something. Yeah, I believe I believe I saw it on on Netflix. Okay. Sick. All right, I saw. Do you want to save the one we saw together for last? Uh, yeah. Just like the Coupe de Gras. Okay, I saw sort of similar to the one we're going to talk about at the end. Uh, a Netflix original true crime movie called Lover, Stalker, Killer. They've been shoving this down it. my throat. They've been, yeah. they, they, they want me to, they want me to watch it. I know. I took the bait. I got to say this movie after I watched it made me realize that I've seen too much true crime because it's a pretty fucked up story. Like what happens in it is pretty fucking wild. But I was like, yeah, I've seen that t- five, five times before. Which yeah. I shouldn't be saying. I should yeah. not have seen seen this five times before. Basically, the story is there's a guy who meets a woman on I think it's OK Cupid. Maybe it's Plenty of Fish. It's one of those like kind of trashier dating sites online. Okay. Yep. My favorite kind. And yep. And they're together and they break up. I mean, they're not together too long. Maybe like a month or two. Okay. And then he meets another woman on one of the same sites. And they're together. And after like a week, the new woman asks him if he wants to move in with her. And he says, no, I think we're moving a little too fast. And then that woman breaks up with him and crazy shit starts happening in his life. Like he's being stalked by her. She's showing up at like his ex-girlfriend's house. And things escalate wildly. Um, And then there ends up being a pretty massive twist about what happened and why it happened. Okay. Crazy shit is crazy shit happens. Let me just okay. say that. Although you and especially your wife, because I think she's the real true crime head. Oh yeah, she is. I she I just will, am by proxy. Yeah, she will probably be able to predict it. I would say like twenty minutes in. If she which, doesn't already know the story, <laughs> right? She might already know. <laughs> yeah. It. And I I had a prediction twenty minutes in, and it was really just because again I think I'm. I, I don't know. I just don't trust people ev- at all because of true crime. And so you could kind of like make a pretty educated guess. But 
it's still pretty fucking wild. And it, one thing that's really cool about this is they get um, like interviews of there's this guy who is the IT like forensic specialist for the police department investigating it. And he's a really interesting character. He uh, is very open about being on the spectrum, but he's just like a fun personality and he's a fucking genius. And the way he like tracks this person down is pretty wild. And it huh. just goes to show if you, if you think in this day and age that you can do anything over the internet and people aren't going to be able to trace it back to you, you're a fucking idiot is what I'll say. Yeah. That's so uh... that was lover stalker killer. Not as I'll good as the other one we're going to talk about though. I'll have to give that a, I'll have to give that a poke. Yeah. And this is not a series. It's a movie. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's, like, it's like an like hour, hour, hour 20. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's see. Um, I'm gonna skip that one because honestly, it's just, it's just fucking dumb. Backdoor uh, sluts nine. Is that what it is? No, it was. It's actually eleven. No. Yeah. Got you caught up. Yeah. Um. All right. This one, uh, I believe you've seen. Uh, Academy Award nominee, uh, The Holdovers. Yeah. Uh, not gonna lie. Well, Oscar was... nominee too. Most importantly. Yeah, that's what I said. Academy Award. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you say Brosker? Yes. Oh, I thought you said Oscar. I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit, man. No, that's no what one I cares said. about the Oscars. Yeah, Brian. that's why I was Bros- confused. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, again, who gives a shit if it is an Academy Award nominee? Brosker nomination. That's the important one. Um, For best movie, too. Like, that's the Brosker. Yeah. That's that's the one that everybody wants. Uh, I was skeptical going in. I didn't think that the premise was going to be something that uh, I would enjoy or or that I would that would really captivate me. Um, it kind of feels like Oscar bait, not not like in a biopicy way, but it's like okay, like reclusive guy, you know, doesn't have any friends, befriends somebody, you know, but that's not really what it is. No, no, it's not. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't have watched it if you and Thurman hadn't, uh, recommended it to me. Um, so I gave it a shot. I liked it. I thought it was great. Um, it's not like an every year Christmas watch, obviously. That'd be kind of sick if you had to watch that every year. Uh, but I thought Paul Giamatti was fantastic. And, uh, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, uh, is that cook or the cafeteria lady. I thought they both knocked it out of the park. Yeah, Divine Joy Randolph, she is in Only Murders in the building. Do you watch that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's the detective who's hilarious, but I mean, I had no idea she had this I had no movie. idea she she had this in her. Because this character, for her, has a lot of meat on the bone. A lot. They didn't even chew it all off. No. <laughs> Put that shit in the fridge, come back to it tomorrow. <laughs> One thing I really liked about it, it's kind of hard to describe it, but like, First off, it kind of being a period piece. What is this, like late 70s? Yeah, I'd say mid to late 70s. And I think just like the like sort of hangout movie vibe, like it's really not very plot heavy. It's very character heavy. And them being alone at this school, it just has like a nice, like slow, methodical pace, which if it's done inappropriately, you're watching the movie, and you're like, dude, fucking do something. But the way this works, you're just kind of like enjoying hanging out at this school with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, 
progressed really nicely and they did a good job of getting you away from the school even for just a couple of minutes and then coming back um you know they went to a party or they had this little field trip or whatever so they're you weren't just like stuck in the same three c or sets right either which was nice yeah I, it was a pretty pleasant surprise. I saw the trailer originally, and I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. This just feels like it's one of those, like, movies about, like, a depressing loner, like I said, who's, you know, finds a companion. But it actually had a little bit more depth than that. And I think you could even argue that I think Paul Giamatti got a nod or nomination for Best Actor. But I would – I don't know if I'd go so far to say, like, he's the supporting actor, but I think he at least shares the lead with the kid. Yeah, I think I think him and the kid are – are 50 50 split honestly i think and and as the characters go too i think both characters grew uh just as much if not the kid you know came farther yeah i i don't know what else i i'm too lazy to look up his name so when i'm screaming at their car speaker right now but uh i want to see that kid in more stuff yeah he was fantastic he's got a lot of potential Awesome. All right. I saw a very similar movie. I saw The Beekeeper starring Jason Statham. Mm, yeah. Same universe, right? Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of references, obviously, to the other films in it, despite the 50-year uh, gap in time. Um, the Beekeeper. Interesting concept here. So believe it or not, Jason Statham uh, kicks the shit out of a bunch of people in this movie because he's a retired um, – what's the word I'm looking for? The technical role in the movie is a beekeeper. We'll say mercenary, I guess. Okay. With elite skills. But what I actually found interesting about this movie is that uh, his motivation, while it's something that happens a lot, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that's based on this. So tell me if you can think of a film that's done this, Brian. There is an old woman in it who uh, is like very, very close friends with Jason Statham. He's actually like living and renting out her barn while he's retired. And she gets a call from one of those like uh, telephone scammers, right? Those people who are like, oh, you have a virus on your computer, so you need to call this number to get it removed. Yeah, pay me all your money. Uh-huh. While on the phone with this uh, like scam call center, they like, you know, get her to trick them and they, they trick her, excuse me, and they remote log into her computer and they drain uh, all of her savings and a this like charity that she runs their bank account and rob her of about $2 million. Oh, spoiler alert for the first 15 minutes of the beekeeper. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. The woman ends up killing herself in depression. What? Yeah. And so when Jason Statham realizes what happened, he goes on a manhunt to fucking destroy the people who took her money. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. That so I don't, was, I, I was not movie, expecting that. Yeah. But I can't think of a, like these scam people, like this is a very common thing, right? They like yeah. prey on the elderly. I don't, can't ever think of a movie where like that is the target of the like guy that's going insane and beating the shit out of everybody, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. That's uh yeah, I'll have to check that out. After that, I'm assuming it's just a t- typical Jason Statham movie. Yeah, it pretty much is. There's some yeah. really good, like, gory fights and kills the one thing that i didn't like though jeremy irons is in this as one of the antagonists which that's not what i didn't like love jeremy irons needed more of him the problem is he is ends up being like second in command with the antagonist because the main villain is the 
very miscast Josh Hutcherson from The Hunger Games and what's that movie show you watched? Uh, Five Nights produced? at Freddy's. It was Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah, but he's also yeah. in that show where he like goes back in time or whatever that you've seen, I know. Oh, uh, Seth Rogen did it. Future Man or something? Oh, yes. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, I watched Yeah, I watched uh, like half the first season of that. So, yeah, Future Man or... Something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. And I like Josh Hutcherson, but dude, he's like... In this, he has like frosted tips... And he's like, he's uh, the heir to like some billionaire tech company. That's just not what he is. Like, he's the guy next door. Like, that's what he's good at. And seeing yeah. him, like, he like tries and gives an admirable performance as like this douchebag villain. But I'm like, dude, you're Josh Hutcherson. You're like, I would have beers with you. You're not the fucking asshole guy that's like robbing old ladies of their two. You're too. Dollars. You're too nice of a guy to be this guy. Exactly. I was almost expecting him in like the middle of the movie to turn to the camera, break the fourth wall, and like, I'm sorry, I'm pretending. I promise. <laughs> but Jeremy Irons is having a lot of fun in this, uh, and he's he's great. And then Mini Driver pops up for a little bit as well. I like that. Right. I nominated it for Broscar for best action movie. Again, it's a January release, so like you kind of get first crack at the apple, and it's like yeah. you stay on the on the top top of the mountain all year. Probably not, but. It's Jason Statham beating the shit out of people for 90 minutes with a cool concept behind it. Yeah, check that one out. All right, I'm almost done. What else you got? All right, I'm gonna. I got two shows I'm gonna talk about real fast each. Um, one uh, is called uh, Alone. I'm I'm late to the game. It's one of those survival shows, uh, but basically reality the, show, right? It's yeah, reality show. Uh, basically, these guys sign up like they're woodsy bushman outdoorsy survival guys and they volunteer to get isolated in the middle of bumfuck nowhere and uh already tells self- you there's something a little wrong in their heads yeah um and they're given cameras and they have to self-document themselves being alone and surviving uh and Sorry, real quick can i ask a dumb question like no such thing do- do we know how, like, do they have, like, a bunch of, like, battery packs for these cameras? Or do they, like, supply them with, like, extra battery? Like, how do, how do they make sure that they're able so, to actually film? I think, I think once a week they have, like, a medical check-in. And they actually come and check them. So they always have a phone on them that's a GPS. So they, like, the producers or whatever always know where they are. And so I think once a week they come in and they do, like, a medical checkup. Like, make sure you're legit not going to die out there. And I'm assuming they give them like a week's worth of batteries at that point and then leave. Okay. I'm kind of picturing that office episode where Michael Scott goes into the woods and Dwight's like following him the whole time. (laughs) Uh, No, these guys are like legit alone. And you can see when the, when they break and go insane. Um, Like they're out, they're out there for like 50 and 60 days, literally no human contact for that long or, or, you know, two minutes uh once every seven days i guess if you count these medical checkups imagine going 50 days alone in the wilderness and you get like second place yeah that's wild and like some of them are like oh it's about the adventure if you if you are the last one standing you get five hundred thousand dollars too i don't think i said that so like there's motivation to keep going um, with that being said, there was a dude that made it like seven hours once. Now there's like seven seasons and I've only watched a couple of them. Um, so like maybe somebody's got a lot longer and they're like, dude, you're fucking stupid. But 
anyway it's it's been fun what is this what's it streaming on uh it's actually it was on disney plus but it's through the hulu part it's like included in your hulu uh subscription do you want to watch this and i was like uh sure interesting so i guess hulu is technically what it's on how many seasons have you watched uh i think i'm about to be on the third and what's the wildest thing you've seen on the show so far like i'm assuming people losing their mind out there can happen in all sorts of different ways like have people like hallucinated have they been like suicidal have they so there's one dude that did hallucinate because he uh didn't realize it but he was drinking salt water oh how do you not realize that i guess it was so it was such a low sodium level yeah it was brackish so it wasn't like straight seawater but he was like, yeah, in the middle of the night, I was seeing shit. And like, he filmed it. And you could tell, you're like, there's like, whatever he's on, I'll take two. So that's the weird thing, because if I'm assuming like the, the producers aren't getting his footage like live. So if he doesn't know to contact them that he's going insane, like, how do they know? Yeah, that once a week when they check on him. I would did assume. They, did they like tap him out? And they're like, hey, dude, you're done. No, he, so that was at night. And then the next morning he, he tapped out and was like, yo, I fucked up. You, you guys need to come get me. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, well, I drink seawater. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Have the producers ever had to tell someone like you, like throw in the white towel, like you're done? No, the only, so far, the only one that I've seen, uh, this chick, which I was kind of rooting for, uh, she accidentally like almost chopped her fucking thumb off with her axe. Uh, and they show every bit of it, dude. Like, you you probably wouldn't be good at this show. Like, yeah. This is not for you. But she, like, is trying to, like, chop this little piece of wood, and it slips. And she chops this giant ass... She ends up, like, cutting one of the tendons in her thumb. And she's freaking out. She's, like, hitting that fucking button. Like, y'all need to come get me. And, uh... On, like, the last episode, like, the reunion show, they show her, like, go to the hospital, and, like, she was fucked up. And they asked her, they were like, was there any, like, part of you that was like, oh, I'll put a Band-Aid on it and, like, try and tough it out? And she's like, oh, fuck no. The second I hit it, I knew I was done. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to I think, make a promise to yourself going in that, like, if these certain things happen, I'm not going to try and work through it. I'm just going to get out for my own safety. Yeah, it was uh, it, I, it was a bad cut. It was it was nasty. It was bad. I kind of want to give a few episodes of this show a shot because the concept of it is good. Although I depending on knowing that they can leave, I think I could would be OK with it. But seeing someone like mentally deteriorate out there, it might make me uncomfortable. I'm not sure if there were times that it was. And then there were times where I was like, I bet he feels so much better now. Like. Just like getting shit off your chest. It was, yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, last question. Do they, maybe this isn't to make it fair, but like, let's say like how many people are in a given season competing? I think 10. So do they put them all in like sort of similar environments? Cause you could make the argument, not that it matters. It's their show. They do what the fuck they want. But, like, if I had to go to, like, a jungle environment and you had to go to, like, a frigid environment, you might be able to argue that one person might have a distinct set of advantages. So they're all within, like, a set. They're all, like, 
separated so they can't interact with each other, either by like a large piece of water or unpassable mountains or whatever. And they've assessed all the campsites or all like the drop sites prior to the show starting. And one may be farther away from, say, fresh water, but it has uh, like a different resource that's close to it. And like this one, um, you're going to be able to get fish, but you're further away from fresh water. And so they're like kind of all a give and take. So they aren't equal, but they're not. Uh, one isn't necessarily better than another. As you always say, same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. I can't believe I fucking like that movie. So fucking dumb. It's the interview, right? The, the yeah. 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 Okay, I'm kind of I'm into the idea of this show. Yeah. I'll give it a few episodes, and if I can't stomach it, but I'll I'll probably either be all in or all out after a few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I want to say real quick before we get into the the one that um, you and me have both seen is uh, well, you and me have both seen this. Uh, went back, been watching Agents of Shield again, guys. Uh, I'm just about to where uh, we actually started doing the episode reviews on Agents of Shield, which is season five. Dude, this show is so fucking well done. I, I just everybody needs book. to go back and, and re- revisit it if you haven't. You know what's weird? When you and I were watching this show, I think I actually started to enjoy it more as the show like took itself less seriously. It made me appreciate what it made me appreciate what it did prior to that. To earn, like, it earned the right to go fucking bonkers at the end, mm-hmm. because it was so well done at the at the beginning. I kind of want to go back and watch it and like pick up our reviews week to week with it, dude. I would totally like start over and do reviews on the first ones. Like, we, we just started episode one and just fucking go from there and cut finish, out finish uh, it out. Your, cut out theories and questions and just make up. I don't know, make up like a thoughts and conclusions epi- part of it or something i'd be down for that yeah it's not it'd be a grind it'd be a grind but we're under no time frame it's just like i don't know we can yeah. just bust one or two out here yeah, we don't even have to do them week to week there's yeah. one person right. at home like no <laughs> all right 15 okay. years from now we will have uh reviewed every episode of agents of shield, agents of shield. there you go uh, I will say the cold opens we do on those were always something I looked forward to each week. Oh, yeah. It was the birth of the cold opens. It, it perfected them there. Made the show. All right. I, I got two things real quick, and then we can get into the last thing we watch. I watched The Iron Claw, which, if it came out in 2024, would definitely already be an early nom for best movie. Uh, it came out late 2023, and uh, when I looked at the list of top five movies that we had nominated for the Broscars couldn't quite fit it in there but this is good and it's based on a true story this is a movie Geiger would love because it's based on wrestling and it takes place in Texas and this has Zac Efron and uh, Jeremy Ellen White from The Bear in it um, based on a family called the Von Ahrens who were like basically pro wrestling royalty in Texas but were um, like stricken with just so much bad luck and tragedy um that it's almost kind of hard to believe that this all this shit actually happened to them like just wild um just how hard their lives were but cycling once made a bet with one of his friends this was like 
early 2000s when High School Musical came out. And I can't remember what it was, but it was incredibly high stakes. And he said that Zac Efron would never win an Oscar. And I got to say, when this movie came out, I bet he was shitting his pants. Oh, really? Yeah. Efron's that good? I love Efron. I've always been an Efron. He's good in this. His character is really interesting because when you watch the trailer um, and then you see the movie, and I'm not saying it's mismarketed, but like my preconceived notions of what a professional wrestler would be like, like who rises to fame quickly in the late 1970s, does not match at all what his character is in the movie. So it's pretty interesting. And then um, Lily James, who I I love and everything, she's in Baby Driver and Cinderella and Yesterday. She plays his love interest in the movie. She's really good. Efron, Zach Efron's love interest? Yeah. Okay. I don't really like the Iron Claw. Love interest she would have been. Yeah. Um, it is a bit long. It's like just over two hours, which isn't like crazy, but these days I really can't do too many movies like that. But uh, it has a lot of story to tell. So I, it's not like an upbeat film, but it is a good film. Okay. All right, and then, of course, can't talk about the Iron Claw without talking about the 1997 movie Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so I just uh, literally finished this right before we got on pod. Okay. Uh, This came out two years after the theatrical Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, Mm -hmm. which we've, we've done a commentary on we love. This one, I have some complaints. Okay. Uh, first off, Brian, I mean, typical plot. Uh, obviously, Queen Divatox needs to capture the wizard Larigo uh, to get him to pass a spell so that she can pass through the devious mm-hmm. trench so that she can reignite and be reunited with Lord Malagor. With, with Malagor, right, right. Right. So, I mean, that, that old, it's almost too cliche. Yeah. Here's my complaints. I'm okay. not going to judge a Power Rangers movie for the ridiculous plot and the costuming because that's actually part of the fun. That's why you watch it. Yeah, that's what that's what we want. But these things, Brian, are indefensible. Give me your thoughts. Okay. 37 minutes into the movie until the first time we morph. Ooh. Well, uh, how how long's the movie? An hour 39. Ugh, no. no. No, no, Even worse, when they morph, that's just them getting their new powers. It's another 12 minutes till the 49-minute mark uh-uh. until they actually do anything as rangers. Like, So they morph, get their powers, and they get out of it real quick. Okay. So 49 minutes, they do their first thing. And this is the travesty. And five-year-old me would have been livid. An hour and 12 minutes into the movie until anyone who is a power ranger fights any villain. What? Yeah. Okay. One... You got 17 minutes to morph from the beginning of the movie in an yeah, hour and, and a half movie. And that's pretty generous. In the OG yeah. one, they when did they morph to fight the fucking purple guys? That's like the seven minute mark, right? Uh, no, oh, yeah. They like rollerblade to the juice bar and then they go fight the putty guys at the at the uh, uh, construction site. So they they have to do multiple extreme sports. They skydive down, then they rollerblade. Right. Literally Naturally. is what I think happens. Yeah. To the juice bar. But to- the but Tommy has like a snowboard on. God, that was so fucking sick. Yeah. But that's my complaint. It takes 72 minutes for the Power Rangers to attack anybody. I will say this. The last like 15 minutes, like the Lord Malagor guy, he's like this big like hot lava monster. 
Okay. He's pretty fucking sick. And then when he goes giant and they go to their like Turbo Zord, that fight is actually pretty badass. Turbo Zord. But again, is this it, takes two. Is it what? How awesome is it? Oh, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Does it does but it have a does it have one of the swords? So the weird thing, like all of their weapons and the Turbo Zord, there's this theme of like home improvement tools. Like that. They have like miter saws and like wrenches and like, I don't know, one of them might have a level that they fight with. <laughs> but it's, I'm going to knock you six degrees off center. Prove it. Yeah, but that, it's like this weird motif because it's like all auto-based, I think. So everything they have is like like tools you would work on a car with. I think one of them has like a kind of a badass tire iron thing that they use. Uh, the, so the last like 15 minutes salvaged it. I still think I'm going to give it like a one and a half or two stars on Letterbox. Not not even because it's so ridiculous and it like looks so bad, but you can't have that no, and then also was, make me wait 72 minutes for a Power Ranger fight somebody else. That's inexcusable. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. What else? That's all I got. All right, so the last thing, we really buried the lead on this one. Uh, you and I, at the behest of Nate Thurmond, whose opinion I value very highly, I know you do as well, for what to watch. Mm -hmm. Watch the mm -hmm. three-part Netflix true crime doc, which has already probably taken a commanding lead for best Brosker, for best documentary. Uh, American Nightmare. Fucking wild, tell, man. Yeah, tell the people like a brief synopsis of what this is about. Um, so without giving on any spoilers, this is a story... Um, some horrific uh, things happened to this couple. Um, they were in bed sleeping. They get woke up um, and tied up and she gets kidnapped. Um, and he goes to the police, tells them what happened. They're like, yo, man, I don't know. This is kind of a crazy story. And it was, it was a wild story, like military tactics, uh, hostage style uh, before he, he kidnapped the chick. And then Five days later, chick shows up. She's like, yeah, he captured me, has the exact same story as the dude. And the police are like, I don't know. We don't really believe you. And then, uh, you know, you can kind of guess where it progresses from there. I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to give away here, Horns. Yeah, let's not give away too much. Um, some important things to note, though. This takes place, what, like 2018? 2000 uh, yeah, 15, 18. Okay relatively recent and the so the documentary is told in three parts i'm trying to remember like how they specifically broke them up but i think at the very end of the first part um it she like resurfaces that's not too big of a spoiler because i think it's in the trailer yeah um but like obviously the, the circumstances surrounding that are what kind of propel this to go from like your standard kidnapping to like okay people usually don't just get kidnapped and then walk back into their parents' house five days later. Yeah, um, I think I think it was told it's his story, her story, and then, like, the culmination of yeah. everything was the third part. And I think the, the police investigation in this is, a, to me, I don't even know if it's, maybe it is the main part of the doc, but I think that's almost more interesting than, like, what happens to this couple is the way that it's handled by police. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I, it is 
insane. It is sad. It is unbelievable, but yet, like, believable at the same time. So I I would highly recommend it. it it's uh, Each part is, what, like 40 minutes? Maybe a little bit less. Uh, yeah. 35. Yeah, 35, 40. It, it wasn't too bad. I would put this ahead of um, Lover, Stalker, Killer. Only because this has probably less twist than Lover, Stalker, Killer. But this one just hit me. Like, it upset me more. Like, it just hit me yeah. on a visceral level. It connected with me. I don't know why. Yeah, I can... Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's what it is. It's not right. One other thing, and this is like in the first 10 minutes of the doc. When the couple get um, like tied up and kidnapped, the person abducting them, or the persons abducting them, I should say, put swim goggles over their eyes that are like blacked out with like sharpie i don't know why i never thought of that but like that's never would have thought of that no but it seems way more effective than just like a blindfold right yeah oh a hundred percent yeah that i was like whenever i saw that that was something i had never seen before never thought of it didn't cross my mind i was like holy shit this dude's for real they kept saying blacked blacked out swim goggles and i had to pause it to say to my wife i was like do you know what that means? She's like, I think so. I was like, okay, because it just does it just mean that like they took like sharpie or paint and like painted the goggles? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, why did I never think of that as like a blindfold method? Not not that I'm thinking constantly. Whoa, 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 Jeff, Jeff, are you about to about to kidnap somebody? Fuck, we're gonna have to cut off the pot. I've said too much, and you both know I'm not editing this out. No, that's just take a lot of work. Yeah. Good. Never mind. That would have been a fucked up joke about the FBI. Um, <laughs> it's too fucked up for. This is American Nightmare, right? That's what the name yeah. of it. Did I say that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I we may have totally forgot to say that, but it's Amer <laughs> American Nightmare on Netflix, three part series. I think that's all we got, right? For that's all I got, man. That was that. That felt good. I got a lot of a lot of stuff that we've watched recently. Yeah, out there. Good recovery day from a chest day, you know. Just yeah. To, get the protein to the muscles so that will bring us to the last part of our show our do you even lift bruh bruh you lift bruh and that bird denotes that the question and answer for the do you even lift bruh segment today is what are the bros top 100 movies of all time uh brian the list for our top 100 is linked in the description of this podcast before we get into the countdown, and you will actually uh, start us off with your number 42nd, wait, 43rd best movie of all time. Okay. Why don't you give the people just a little tease of what these top 100 lists are? Because it's not like Siskel and Ebert's top 100 greatest pieces of cinema of all time. It's a little more unique to us. Yeah. It's very, very much more interesting as well. This is my top 100. There are movies on here that don't deserve to sniff top 1000 movie lists, but they're in my top 100 for a nostalgic reason, or uh, Jeff's got uh, Rush Hour 2, or is it the first one? Because it was your two, first DVD. Yeah, yeah. Rush, Rush Hour, Hour 2. two. First top 100 because it was the first DVD. Just It is something unique to you. Really fun exercise to go do. Extremely hard. Because you realize how many fucking movies you've actually seen. 
You're like, oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. That was fun. Is that one better than this one? And just keep going up the list until it's not. And to Brian's point, which is said perfectly, is it's fun because like it'll bring back a lot of memories in your life that might even not you didn't think were tied to movies. But that's really why we do this shit and watch this stuff, because it's it brings out, you know, emotional it elicits an emotion in you. And a lot of times, like remembering where you were when you saw a certain movie or the circumstances around seeing it are is almost more fun than the movie itself. So, Brian, you last left us with your number 44 movie of all time, which was Die Hard. Yeah. Mine was Jojo Rabbit. Thurman's was Vegas Vacation. And Cycles was Django Unchained. So, what will beat that at number 43? And Cycles is old school. Thurman's was Horrible Bosses. And mine was Crazy Stupid Love. What's your number 43 movie of all time? Uh, this was one that as I was going through this exercise surprised me how high it got. Um, but it was wonder woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was just something about the movie. It was refreshing. It was good. I'm obviously more of a Marvel guy. I'm not a huge DC guy. And I really thoroughly enjoyed this and it just, just kept on moving up the list. Uh, Gal Gadot was great. Love Chris Pine. I just hit my hand on the table. I don't know if you guys heard that. That fucking hurt. Um, no, it was an accident. You didn't mean it. <laughs> is this the best film in the DCU? I think it is, man. I think it is too. I, and I, I, it might not I be don't, that close. I don't think it's that close. Like, what would second best be? Where BVS Apologist? Is it Man of Steel? It might be Man of Steel. Man of Steel got a lot better with age. I hated yeah. it the first time I saw it, but it got a lot better with age. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I wasn't a big Aquaman guy. I wasn't either. Justice League was fucking terrible. Suicide I don't care. Yeah, worse. Whichever version you wanted to watch. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think it I, was. I think it might it might not even be close. This might be now. Is the movie. second one the worst? Who? <laughs> <laughs> or is there, there's how many bigger gaps are there in two movies in a franchise? Jeez. Yeah, the second one's rough, which is hard yeah. to believe because they had Pedro Pascal, too. I know, and he was red hot at that time. Red fucking hot. I mean, he still kind of is, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I love 43. It was awesome. Good pick. Um, all right, and then, Banner, how about, well, you and I will each end with our number 42 on the night. So since you got the ball in your hand, why don't you just take it and score? What is one ahead of Wonder Woman clocking in at 42, your 42nd favorite movie of all time? This movie, uh, it didn't start it, but this is the one that catapulted the MCU. Iron Man 2. Iron Man started it, then we had Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2 is when they said, hey, we're going to fucking do this. We brought in Fury. We brought in uh, Romanoff, and that's when they committed. This is a fantastic movie. I think it's underrated, honestly, I in the MCU. I think Justin Whiplash is great. He's he's fantastic. Uh, I think Whiplash was used incorrectly. Um, but when did when did the MCU really get villains that good? Honestly, it I mean, was the weak spot. Justin Hammer m- makes up for all of Whiplash. He does. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, we get Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Yep. I know people say, oh, there's like. 
so many fucking Easter eggs in it for the other movies. And I'm like, I know. That's why I fucking love it. That's at yeah. the time, and even still, that's fucking sick. We'd never yeah. seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, you had never seen it. You're like, holy shit, wait a minute. Was that that? And was that that? When he lifts the, uh, when he like lifts the, whatever the element maker thing up and slides the shield under. In this movie, we see Cap's shield and Thor's hammer. Like, I came my fucking pants in the movie. And it literally references a dude leaving to go to Thor's hammer. I know. that was Which so is funny. the next fucking movie in the chain. Right. And then now, going back and watching it, you're like, man, it's just, it's incredible how it was all done flawlessly for so long. And then, I don't know what's going on now. Also, one of the funniest lines Iron Man has ever said is when they're in Monaco and he's trying to uh, uh, make Justin Hammer jealous that he hooked up with Christine Everhart. And he's like, yeah, Justin Hammer goes, yeah, Christine is uh, writing a spread on me for Vanity Fair. And Pepper goes, <laughs> she did quite the spread, the spread on, on Tony, Tony last year. Last year. He goes, she also wrote an article as well. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. Uh, that's good stuff. I love how they kept bringing her back too. Like anytime they needed a, like a reporter in the MCU, yeah. they're like, "Hey, will you come and do a two-minute spot?" Um, Leslie Bibb, who plays her, is married to Sam Rockwell in real life. Oh, that's crazy! I had no idea. At least they were, you know, celebrity couples. I don't know if they got yeah. divorced. I don't know. They trade. They trade partners every six months. So more than as Kitty would say, you trade partners more than swing dancers. <laughs> Actually, in the process of rewatching that '70s show now too, dude. Dude, I want to. I just don't know if I can. You know, it's. Why. I know, it's uh, it's it's my favorite TV show ever. So I will always go back and watch it. But yeah, that's fair. Is that on Peacock? I think I saw it on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a Peacocker. Okay. Check it out. I'm glad Iron Man Two makes an appearance on here, man, because I don't think it's on my list. I, well, no, it's it's not, but. I do think it is bashed for absolutely no reason, especially when there is are way worse. Fuck Iron Man movies, Iron yeah. Man three, absolutely well, dog turtle. I don't know about that, but it's just criminal. But it's it's very it's a very good film, very rewatchable. Like anytime someone, if someone were to ask, "Hey, do you want to watch Iron Man 2? I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, sure." Of course, yeah. Throw that shit on. All right, my number forty-two film. I'm actually surprised it isn't higher because this has a lot of nostalgia for me and a lot of connections to my growing up. Uh, I quoted it off the top. A little known film, at least I feel like, the 1991 Christmas comedy All I Want for Christmas starring uh, Ethan Embry and what's the chick's name who plays his sister? Uh, she's in American Pie. Hang on, let me find it. Oh, Thora Birch. Yeah, as Hallie O'Fallon. Basically, this movie is like it takes sort of the concept of the parent trap, but puts it around the holidays. And it just has so much fucking heart and a great dynamic between brother and sister um, where they're trying to get their recently. This is their first Christmas with their parents being divorced and their mom uh, breaks the news to them that after dating a new guy for about six months, she's going to get remarried and they don't handle it very well. And I don't know, man, it just, it hits you in the feels and um, it works on every emotional level and it's just a great Christmas movie all in all. I, I highly, highly recommend it if you have not seen it. The Here's the problem with the way that it's marketed. The poster of it has the two main characters, Hallie and uh, Ethan, 
and they have Santa strung up by uh, like Garland. Santa is played briefly in this film by uh, Leslie Nielsen of The Naked Gun. Okay. Now, this movie is not some quirky comedy. It's funny, but it's definitely not like slapsticky like the poster would imply. And Leslie Nielsen is in two, albeit pivotal, but brief scenes of the film. So it's not them like kidnapping Santa Claus. It's them trying to get their parents back together in New York City around the holidays. So I think that poster in and of itself, you look at it and think it's like, so no offense to Deck the Halls, but you fucking suck as a movie. It's not like Deck the Halls right. with uh, like Danny DeVito. So all I want nice. for Christmas from 1991. Yeah. You know what? I'm surprised there's a lot more uh, Christmas movies that have made the top top 100 than I would have expected. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I know we're big Christmas heads on here, but when it comes down to it, I didn't think they would be able to differentiate themselves from each other enough to have a uh, such a good showing on the list, but you're right. Yeah, it's surprising. See, again, guys, that's what makes this so much fun is how vastly different all of our numbers are. Yeah, and at the end, when when it's all said and done, I do want to go through and do a little bit of uh, like research. Maybe we can do a whole episode where we like break down interesting trends we saw because I think speaking of Christmas movies. Christmas Vacation might be one that is on all five of the bros' list. I think it'd be cool to go over all the movies that are on everyone's list. And if we haven't done a commentary on them, we will do a commentary on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be That's wild. The fun, fun stuff you can do at the end, you know? Yeah, yeah. but we got to get through it. We got 41 more to go. Exactly. It's only getting better from here. Yep. All right, Brian, before we let the people go for episode 218, any closing words of wisdom? Guys, uh, we really need to buckle down and and pull over for those emergency vehicles. I've seen some just atrocities out there, people. Uh, saw somebody cut off a uh, ambulance. Not even kidding. Right. Not even kidding. Not I mean, even I'm kidding. no expert of the law, but that should be like a heavy misdemeanor. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have their lights on, but like, still, you don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Congrats. Dude, there was, uh, and there's like a, the road right behind my, I have like in the back of my neighborhood and there's like a little driveway thing we all drive through, but beyond that is like a main road. There was an ambulance flying down it this afternoon. Oh, and so scary. I was just thinking like, dude, if someone is tr like, it was going at probably 60 on like a, the roads, like a speed limits of 40. And I was like, if any motherfucker does not pull over for this guy, you deserve what comes to you. And that's like pretty open like you can see them coming from a while away yeah on that road like it's not as like windy or, or curvy like it's a pretty straight and narrow road yeah as ludicrous would say move bitch get out the way get out the way bitch get all right horns any last thoughts uh the usual stuff make smart decisions when getting your haircut i'm going in on monday to get my haircut we're not going to be going with any blue dye or rufio mohawks not only just because I have a job, but because I have eyeballs. And when you get your hair cut, it's not the time to try new things. Especially if you're over the age of 30, give it up. And we're not doing low taper fades or bringing in a picture from like a magazine and saying, give me this. Let's just stick with the basics. You're not getting any better looking. Sorry to say it. Let's just keep it simple and, and conservative. If you're bringing in a magazine, we have bigger problems that you're still subscribed to magazines. 
Right. The the uh, barber or whoever should like call one of those get help numbers. Like, yeah, this person brought in a magazine and I don't know how they got it. I think they need to be put on some sort of list. I always remember like looking through, you remember those like big ass fucking catalog books of just like people's hair and like, which one do you want? And it's yeah. like flipping through it. And you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Dude, my barber shop had like, it was like a 16 by 16 like fold out that they had hung up and it was, I, for some reason I feel like it was the same guy in every picture. And I was like, how many times did this guy have to fucking like, get his hair cut for us to be able to show all these different options? He just had it real long and they cut it like each style just a little bit shorter until they got them all. Yeah, whatever he got paid, there's no way it was worth it. No, absolutely not. So, that's all right, for episode 218, that's the Mad Scientist, Brian Banner. I'm the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. We are the Bro Force Squad Podcast. One thing I uh, want to mention in the description of this podcast, there's a link where you can actually help us with the aforementioned Roscars Movie Awards that we do every year coming up in March. Please click the link to vote. It's a Google form. You can vote on as many or as few of the categories as you want. We appreciate your help and your feedback, being a part of the show and the awards for us. You can find us on Twitter, Threads, and Instagram, at Bro4Squad. We're on Letterboxd, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and of course, YouTube force squad as three separate words but if you just want to find everything we've ever posted in the squad blog go to growforcesquad.com until next time brian and i have to go to ticket outside of a super dude i really don't like you i want you to wear that outfit pull it off